about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Christmas, as I was um, watching Sky News this morning, getting ready and was about to leave, I heard a controversy going on in Sky News about Christmas. So the, Christmas, the, the Christian society, some churches came together and they released a Christmas advert about the true meaning of Christmas. And there was a there was a slight controversy going on in that what really is Christmas and that why should the Christians you know, put out like an advert and are they trying to compete with the John Lewis and uh, the uh, Argos and uh, Coca-Cola and all that kind of stuff. Nobody was talking when they were putting out their adverts. Now the Christians put on their adverts and then you're all screaming and you're all shouting and it's something that is worth talking on Sky News. I, I didn't understand that. But while I was contemplating that and, and thinking as I was getting ready, I asked myself the question, we as Christians, do we really know what the true meaning of Christ, Christmas is? What, 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 what really is Christmas? And so that, that, that brings me to my uh, uh, topic of contemplation this afternoon, is I want to speak on what I call the heart of Christmas. What is the heartbeat? Of Christmas. What, is it, what really is it? If you were here on Friday where we had a wonderful, one of the best um, um, carol services uh, that we have, it gets better and better. And, uh, this, this year I saw camaraderie and uh, a coming together of many people to make it, uh, to make it happen. Um, we spoke about Christmas, in, about God's timing of Christmas. That God had everything written out. God had everything on his own time. And that when you listen and you look about Christmas, you will find out Christmas also speaks about timing. God has the, your time in his hands. But also I want to speak today again about the heart of Christmas. I need to teach Christians, and especially people in worship tabernacle, what Christmas is re really about. So when you're speaking to your friends, your families, your colleagues and people around, they will know you know what Christmas it really is about. And in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is what? Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, this is 12 o'clock. You slept, you had a good lying before you came to church. The first service was more alive. For, for to us a child is... To us a son is what? To us a son is given. The word given, I want you to think about that. And the Bible says, look at what this son and child is going to do. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name will, become, will be called Wonderful. That means he will be wonderful to you. He will be a counselor to you. He will be your mighty God. He will be your everlasting father. So I don't have a father. You have an everlasting father. 
He says he will be the prince of peace. The message Bible says, For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. So what is Christmas? For many, it is the gifts under the tree. It's the lights in the window. It's the cards in the mail. It's the turkey dinner with family and friends. Snow in the yard. Stocking hanging in the living room. And the shout of Merry Christmas to those who pass us in the streets. It's very funny enough, I said this in the first service that uh, since we had our son, I have tried yearly to decorate the house, put up a Christmas tree. Um, look, the argument of whether it's a pagan thing or not a pagan thing, I understand that. I studied theology, so I know where it came from. I know what it was and what it does. Uh, I know the theological debates about it, that it came out of paganism. And when Jesus was born, there were no lights, there were not, no, not, 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 no, no Christmas trees. One of the major problems you, that they found out that there was light. There was light. The Bible says light and the glory shone all around. There was light, so that's why there's light. So that, that's not totally true. Uh, were there Christmas trees? Mm, but there were trees. There was a manger. It came out from a tree. So there's a tree. There's, there's something. There's, there's, there's the use of it. So, you know. Um, so so is, is, is the argument valid? Maybe. But the truth of the matter is, at least we're celebrating someone who is precious to us. That's the point. If you want to do it in June, I'll, fall, I'll come to your Christmas celebration or June mass celebration. If you want to do it in April, I don't, don't you can invite me, that's fine. So far there's food and then you can give me a gift. That's all right, it's okay. I don't care about the time. The most important thing is that whether the world likes it or not, there is something called an awareness that something is happening at this point in time. So this is how I know, because I will put out, normally put the Christmas tree and then in front of our house, I normally put on some lights and all this kind of stuff. Now this year in particular, I've been tired, I've been through, I've, I've traveled, and then I came back and I had to battle with uh, uh, malaria, uh, which we found out, and uh, flu, the, the, the multiplication of the whole thing. So I wasn't interested in putting nothing outside until Thursday. When I went outside, I said, let me just hang. You know when you hang this kind of, what do they call this thing? Eh? Okay, you have it, I hang it. Uh, so, so, so I decided to put it in front of the door and then I was looking at it and then I just said, let me just put one light there. And oh God, everyone that went past, who said, hi, how were you? We've been expecting your light. Uh, oh, so you're starting. Oh, it's, it's been a while. We knew you were not around because we didn't see the lights. I was like, no, in my mind, like, I'm not putting no lights up because um, it, it's cold right now. And then I have to now take a ladder and then I have to go around the trees. I'm doing that. I was saying that to my... And then my neighbor came and said, Ty! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my wife and I were just discussing that Ty is not around. That's why things are... So I spent the entire day putting out the lights and everyone that came by kept saying 
hi, how are you? There was a discussion. So something that would last probably four hours went on to six hours because half of the time they would stop and they would have a discussion. I had the discussion even with the dog. <laughs> the dog was there and he was... <laughs> cute. Can you go now? <laughs> so I now know we have a dog in our area called Harry. Uh, 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 and, 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 and so, 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 so we put it out, and, and everybody going by, those I know, those I don't know, in fact, something we introduced and said, uh, 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 you know, you, it's easy to put it up, you know, but when you have to take it down, it's, it's, it's a bit of a trouble. I said, yes, we live just across the road, just on the other side. I said, yeah, we live here, uh, where you met. So I've now found out that I've got new neighbors, uh, and they were the neighbors that they, they just keep delivering wine to our house. They just keep putting... Uh, they just keep missing the address and wine keeps coming to our house and we have to keep taking it to them. But the truth of the matter is that that is what people actually assign to Christmas. Going along the streets. Merry Christmas. Because they feel that it's a festive series. It's a, it's a great sign. It's a good thing to do. But the truth of the matter is to others, Christmas is really a season to survive. Depression, grief and loneliness are often exacerbated by shattered family circumstances and most of the time increased debt loads. For many people, Christmas is a time of sorrow. They don't have the extra money to buy presents for their children, family and friends. At Christmas time, we, we kind of find ourselves wrapped up with all the busyness of the holiday rather than the true meaning of what Christmas is about. And folks, unless we engage our hearts in true celebration of Christmas joy, we are easily caught up in what I call the pointless and mindless holidays and we lose sight of the meaning of Christmas and therefore the season is greatly devalued. So the question I want to ask this morning, is, or this afternoon, is what is the heart of Christmas? What does Christmas actually teach us? And one of the heartbeats of Christmas is it teaches us to be givers. It teaches us to be a giver. One of the main reasons we have the custom of giving and receiving presents at Christmas is to remind us that the present God gave to mankind in the form of Jesus and the present given to Jesus by the wise men. Christmas itself is really about a big present that God gave the world about 2,000 years ago, uh, and that his name is called Jesus. What did I say his name is? Jesus. The way you call Jesus, even Jesus himself would be disappointed. What is his name? Jesus. Uh, you're, thinking, you're thinking about the Christmas presents and all that kind of stuff. You need to think about the reason for the season. His name is called what? Jesus. His name is called Jesus. We don't even preach about Jesus in church. We preach about so many other things. How to get out of depression. How to be successful. How to deal with this. How to deal with that. But the honest truth is that Jesus is the center of our entire life. 
And if we are going through depression and sorrowful in this season, we as a Christians have failed to embrace the reason for the season because when the angels come, it says, joy to the world, the what? The Lord has come. This should never be a season where Christians are sorrowful. Come on. Jesus came and he says, I am Jesus coming into this world to be a Lord to you, to be a Savior to be you, to be a Counselor, to be an everlasting Father, to be the Prince of Peace, to be the King of Kings over your life. In fact, if you don't, don't know anything else about me, just know I am. I am to you whatever you want me to be. Jesus, 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 are you hearing me on says, is the reason for the season. It's Jesus. It's nothing else. It's not the, it's not, it's not the, the it's not the gifts. It's not the Christmas tree. It's not, uh, it's not that I'm happy because I got a good present or I'm sad because I didn't get a good present or because I'm not with family or because of that. No, 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 no. God is looking down at us many times and saying, is this why I gave my only begotten son for you to be depressed during Christmas because you didn't get the gift you are looking for? Come on! God is more than that. Jesus, our awesome wonder. Jesus, the wonderful waymaker. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, the shepherd of my soul, the glory and the lifter up of my head. We need to celebrate Jesus and not our gifts. Jesus, there's nothing wrong with giving gifts. There's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus is the one who says, if you believe in me, you will not be lost, but you will have eternal life. He's the one that says in James 1.17, every good gift and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light. Get the good gifts. When Jesus came, he was a perfect gift. This is supposed to be a joyous season. Joyous season. Jesus came so that you can experience joy. Not someone beside you. Say, wake up. This is your time of joy. <laughs> Jesus came so that we can experience joy. Jesus did not promise us happiness. But joy, inner contentment. The calm delight. Jesus did not promise us a, a present. He didn't promise us a spouse. He didn't promise us a car. He didn't promise us any other commercial things. If your joy is tied to a present or money, then you have lost the real joy, which is Jesus. He is the real joy. So when we talk about the heartbeat, what is the heartbeat of Christmas? The heartbeat of Christmas is in giving. That is it. God wants to know that what he did before is what we're doing now. The entirety of Christmas is giving. And let me teach you one thing. I won't be able to do the, 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 the second one. But one thing is what can we give 
during Christmas. What can we give? What kind of gift? What kind of giving can we do during Christmas? And the first gift that we can give is what I call the gift of value. The gift of what? Value. Did I hear someone say that? The gift of what? Value. There are some gifts that are valuable. And there are some that are valueless. The fact that a gift is expensive does not mean that they have value to the recipient. Presents may be expensive but add no value. You know, I can buy my wife a brand new autograph Range Rover. Mm. Brand new. Black exterior, red interior. Mm. So you see, I've got a vision. <laughs> Hand over Hosha. And, 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 and then all the wooden trimmings just all beside it. And then on the seat, they just write, Honey. <laughs> and yet I can present that expensive gift to her. And she can still look at me. And it means no, has no value to, to her. And she would just say, I don't need the car. I just need your love. Because you can give that person the, the car and then beat them up one hour after that and use the same car that you gave as a gift to take them to the hospital. The car has no value. There are people that have received a gift and they're crying even with the gift you gave them. Many years ago when we first got married, and, and you, uh, I'm not narcissistic, that's why I use myself as an example. No, I'm using it because I, I rather offend ourselves than offend anyone else. I bought my wife, this is our first Christmas together, so I bought my wife uh, a gift and I decided in my heart I'm going to give her in layers. It was our first Christmas. We got married in August and then the Christmas came. So in the morning while she woke up, I gave her a purse. And she said, ooh, hee, hee. And then by the time she was going to church, I said, don't use that bag. I've got something for it. So I gave her a brand new bag. She said, I love you. And then as we were about to leave, and she said, where's my card? I'm like, what? She said, you know, I love cards. For me, I don't like cards. I mean, don't be offended. When people give it to me, I'm happy. But I didn't grow up with cards. My father never gave me a card. My mother never gave me a card. My brother, when my father didn't give it to me, how much about my brother? Uh, the first card I even ever had, I probably was in my 28th. We never celebrated birthdays. We never celebrated. I can't remember one day in our entire growing life where we woke up one morning on the 4th of April and I heard my father say, happy birthday. He didn't know. He didn't. It was until we had grandchildren that he's celebrating all of us. Thank God for grandchildren. We never, we, we never traveled. We never went on holidays. We never saw a card, 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 what? And I looked at her and said, five pound cards. To this amount of gift I gave you. He said, yeah, but you know, I like cards. 
So I got out of the house in annoyance to go and look for a card. One of the corner shops just to find a Christmas card. And if that's what you want, let me go and give it to you. Now, the problem there is that in those days, they didn't open on the 25th of December. So going around, I wasted my time coming back. And even I thought to myself, even if I had got the card and I brought the card to her, okay, here is your Christmas card. It will still have no value because of the attitude in which I'm giving it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you, you remember that many people even, they, 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 they give you gifts that has no value. Actually, it's a passed-down gift. It was the excess of their wedding gifts that they don't have use for it. And now you're getting married, so they take that same gift and they're giving it to you. I mean, what happened to us? We received a gift of, of plates that was already chipped. But yeah, 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 uh, we've come from a long way. <laughs> it was chipped. And it's because they have... They didn't have value for the recipient of the gift. That's why they collected whatever they didn't use in the house, wrapped it all over, and then gave it to us as a present. It's kind of some of you that you want to give someone a gift, and on the 24th of December, you're now running all over the place, and whatever you find, you just get that. Let me just get it. It's because you have no value for the person you're giving it to. Because if you had value, you will plan in how you're going to give the gifts and some men have gone on holidays right now. You will what? Plan beforehand. If one man decides to get up and go outside. No, you will plan. Let it follow you. You will plan. You will plan. <laughs> Wherever you're going, you hear the word plan. You will plan for it if you value the person. Where am I going? God did not just say, oh, G Jesus, Jesus, G, 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 come, come here. Toop, let me throw you into the earth. Here you go. Save them. No. God planned it because he valued us. He planned it all the way in the book of Genesis. Then day man fell. God said, I need to put a plan in place to save humanity because they have value in my eyes. So he, 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 the tester throughout the life of Abraham and Isaac is a foreshadow of Jesus and the father and the Isaac letting go of his only son. Likewise, God had to let go of his only son. The only thing that was most precious to him, he gave it to us because he says, you have value. I need to give you the best. Joseph is a, is, a, is, a, is a typology of Jesus. Betrayed, thrown into prison, became prime minister. Jesus, betrayed, crucified, thrown in the grave, rose up the third day. God planned it. It wasn't by accident. He planned that Mary and Joseph, who had no value, will have value through the birth of Jesus Christ. And right now, in Catholicism, we know that Mary is now called Saint Mary. She's maybe made a saint. And this morning, I said, I don't think about Joseph, but the Catholic uh, staunch people who rose from there and who God has changed into uh, Pentecostalism corrected me in the first service that Joseph is also called Saint Joseph. Now, having said that, we know that nobody knew about Joseph, nobody knew about Mary, but God decided, I'm going to make those who have no value have value, so I'm coming through them. 
He didn't come through Herod. He didn't come through any king. He didn't come through any priestly lineage. And in fact, when he decided to come, Paul planned it that I'm going to use Rahab. I'm going to use Ruth. I'm going to use those who are out of the commonwealth of Israel. I'm going to impart them or I'm going to um, join them into the commonwealth and I'm going to come through them that when they mention my lineage, they will also mention about a harlot and they will also mention about a failure. They're coming through that lineage. I'm coming through them. He planned it. He made it happen on purpose. And then he decided, Jesus, where are you going to get born? Not, I, not in Buckingham Palace. No, that's not going to happen. I'm going to make sure that you're giving birth in the land of Israel. Because Israel, they don't really know what Israel is about. But having said that, you're going to go to Bethlehem. So, it was at the time that Mary was not pregnant. Why is it that at that time that Judas, uh, um, sorry, Herod Augustus decided, no, everybody go back to their own country, go back to their own ethnicity, or to, or to, to don't manipulate, um, 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 uh, area where they were born and go and register there. So everyone had to go there and that's why Bethlehem became more known than any other um, um, municipal government in the whole of Israel and they're the most productive and the richest right now. A place that was unknown. God always brings value and then he decided if we give birth to Jesus in a hotel then everyone will be paying for that hotel now. In fact Israel will not be where we'll be going. It will be going to the hotel. Because if you've ever gone to Israel, you'll find out that where they said he was born and where they said he was crucified, you can queue for five hours just to get into that thing. And you have to bow and go inside and just see it and come out. And there's a queue. In fact, some people get there, there's a queue. Get in, look, get out. Some people think that's the time where they should pray. So they will stay there and you will see them praying there. And I'm like, get out and let the rest of us uh, come in. If I, one day I, I decided to use my, um, my, my African you know, touch, you know, because where my wife comes from, they don't kill. You just kind of find a way out of the queue. So, so I decided to go around and all that. And by the time I wanted to go in, the looks made me say, no, I just wanted to see what was going on. Uh, uh, here. So if it was a hotel, all of us would be paying to sleep in that hotel. If I would be paying to sleep in the bed. And guess how much? If I was the hotel owner... It will go from, my, from, from me to my grandchildren. By now, it will be 7,000 pounds power one minute for you to just sleep on that bed. God knew you are not going to make me into a commercial thing. I am going to go to a manger where it smells. That is where I'm going to give birth to my son, Lord Jesus, to bring value where there is no value. He said, I'm going to make Mary have value. I'm going to make Joseph have value. I'm going to make Queen Esther have value. And I'm also going to make David have value. Moses, I'm going to make you have value. When I come on the inside of you, I will make you have value. So listen to this adage. God values us when we were nothing. We value people when they are something. That's why I say the heartbeat of Christmas is the gift of value. 
Many of us value people when they are something, not when they are nothing. When they were homing how to sing, they were not your friends. When they knew how to sing, then they're your friends. Just for a short season though, because after your wedding, you don't need them anymore. The disheartening thing about pastoring, let me be honest with you. I said in the first one, the disheartening thing about pastoring is when we clearly know that people come, use, abuse us, and when they've got what they want, they disappear. It's disheartening. I know you want to use me. I'm not stupid. I, didn't, I, I wasn't a pastor just by pastor. No, I worked. I worked in other places. I had value. So I can... I can, I can smell a cheat from afar. We know. We know you want to use me for your wedding. We know we want to use you for your dedication. We know you want to. We know because you're not adding any value to us, but you want to take. And in fact, even with you not doing anything, you're still fighting us for what you want because your mindset is always to take and not to give. And yes, it disheartens us. When you get what you want, when you, in, when you invest in people, and then they have an emblem of success and pick themselves up and say, we're going somewhere else or we're doing something. Yeah, the thing you don't realize is that you've taken a chunk out of someone else's life. And in Christmas, God says... I want us to learn to add what? Value to people. We've got to learn to add value to people. The real essence of Christmas is the giving. Many people will go into debt to give a present. But the real present that you can give to someone is the comfort that you give them. We need to learn to give whatever we have to give. When God gave himself, Christmas happened. When Jesus gave himself, what? Christmas happened. When Joseph gave himself, what? Christmas happened. When Mary gave herself, what? Christmas happened. When you give yourself, Christmas will happen for someone. Joseph could have decided not to go out with Mary anymore because he he didn't understand who impregnated her. How did you get pregnant? The Holy Ghost. Ah. The, the, the Holy what? If I didn't even know what the Holy... The, the Holy what? what? What's his first name? Holy. What's his surname? Ghost. Ah. Mary, can you hear what you're saying to me? You're pregnant by someone calling himself the Holy Ghost. But he's an angel that appeared to me. An angel. So the, the angel. So actually, the name of the guy is Angel. But you know what? It is the value that he gave that allowed him to hear God's voice and say to Mary, I will protect you. I will protect you. You, Do you understand what it means, guys, to have a girlfriend who says she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit? Let me say this as a disclaimer. There's no first name holy and surname ghost. 
that can impregnate you now. No, 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 no. Don't come to me and say, it's the angel that spoke to me to get pregnant. No, no, it is your foolishness that made you to do that. There's no Holy Spirit or not, that's not happening. One time God did it, it's finished, it's fini- finito. Nobody else, you're not even qualified. You, you, you. <laughs> You're not. So don't worry. The greatest gift that we can give to anyone during Christmas is the gift of love. Listen to me. The world is so caught up in taking that it is hard for Christians even to know how to give. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasure, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and what? And myrrh. And let me say this to you. Gold was associated with the kings. That's why they know him to be kings of kings. Frankincense was a perfume used in the Jewish worship as a gift. It shows that we will all worship Jesus. But the one I want to lay emphasis on the most is what I call myrrh. Myrrh was a perfume that was put on dead bodies to make them smell nice. It's called like an embalment. That's what myrrh does. When I looked at that closely, I started to ask myself, so the first time we're ever going to see myrrh, in that sense, in the Bible, you understand in other places, but reading the Bible was the fact that they gave it to Jesus as a prophetic word for his death and his resurrection. So that when Jesus dies, he will not smell bad, but he will smell nice. The heart of Christmas says, who are you trying to make smell nice? What value are you adding to someone to make them smell nice? Years ago, years ago, years ago, we were about to get married, so it wasn't it's not in this church. There was a minister in church, I've used this example before. He, he, he had body odor. You understand? Not halitosis, but body odor. You understand? In fact, sometimes he had both. Uh, um, but he was a very nice gentleman. Very nice. We were ministers together. And he hugs everybody. Ha-ha, so, so just imagine someone who you know has a body odor now. And when he hugs you, he gives you a bear hug. And I've seen so many times where women will just do... As he hugs them. During Christmas... I decided to get him a present and I got him um, deodorant called Afrik. I put it all in there. There's quite a many, many in there. Put it, wrapped it and I gave it to him. And when I gave it to him, I said, Bruv, use what is in this gift package. I said, use it every day. Do not leave home without using what is in this package. I said, because many are talking, I've decided to take the risk 
of adding value to you, although it is painful. It's painful. I, I had to take a risk. And I looked him out to I said, use it. You will understand when you open the gift, but use it. Five months down the line, the guy met again in church. A year, less than a year, they got engaged. In 18 months, they married. Just based on a small amount of deodorant that changed a valueless life into a life that has value. When I was giving him the gift, I didn't see marriage. All I just decided was I can't be part of the sniggering society. I have to be truthful and approach him and give it to him so I can turn his life around. I gave him myrrh that made him smell nice than, than being with the society of those that made him smell worse. What are you doing this Christmas? Because the heartbeat of God is asking you, are you adding value to someone? That's the question. Are you adding value to someone? Are you even adding value to God? Who are you adding value to? Do you realize that a 50 pounds, 25 pounds Tesco voucher can make tears come down someone's eyes. They're sitting in church. They may not say it to you. But they need it. We always look inwards. We walked into church looking at the latest shoes. We look, walked into church looking at the latest hairstyle. We even took a picture of someone thinking that they thought that you were taking a picture of me because you're going to show someone to copy that style. We come and all we are engrossed in is what am I going to get for Christmas? Have you ever asked yourself this Christmas, maybe the same people I'm giving presents to, maybe God wants me to take it and give it to someone else who I can add value to. The shoe you're talking about, the clothes you're thinking about, it's only by grace that you're wearing it. There's nothing that is yours. When you die, you're taking nothing. Nothing is going with you. Absolutely nothing. Your Louis Vuitton shoe, your Gucci wig, or clothes. Uh, <laughs> And so Gucci should do something like that. Uh, uh, it's not going anywhere. In fact, some of you, you even stole your sister's shoe to wear to church today. Some of you, you stole your mom's, waited your mom's wardrobe while she was somewhere in Jamaica. She doesn't know that you wear it until she sees that you took a selfie with it and you put it on Instagram. Now, the problem is she has no control of what damage you've done right now. And the clothes she bought that she was going to wear or your sister bought that they were going to wear for a special occasion, you've worn it and you've taken a photograph and you've put it on Facebook so she can't wear it again. Nothing is yours. You're taking nothing with you. 
All these houses where we're territorial is just because you have health. God is asking the heartbeat of Christmas. It comes from one word, giving. Are you adding value to someone else? Are you adding value? Recently, someone who is in charge of doing our decorations called me, actually came to see me. Say, Pastor, I can't find anyone to help me decorate the church. And my heart sank. Is it not the same church hundreds of people are coming to? You just like to sit down. In fact, you are even sitting down and you're taking notes of this is not perfect. This is not right. But you are adding no value. My heart sank. And I looked at her and I said to her, well, that's the burden of leadership. Go sort it out. And they had to only do the best. Only women, only girls, only women came here and had to do the best with the little they have. Because some of us don't care. Would it not be nice during Christmas to knock on Fred's dog, who is 80 years old, and say, are you alright? Do you need some mince pie? Do you want some turkey? Is it not nice to knock on Margaret's door? And say to her, is everything okay? Merry Christmas. But no, we just want to do our own thing. Don't you think it would be nice to tap someone around and say to them, what are you doing for Christmas? Possible, what if they say no, but you've offered. But many of us are going to be depressed because we're not givers. Because someone who is a giver has no time to be depressed. Christmas, the heart of Christmas is not this. The heart of Christmas is in giving. That's why Jesus came and gave his only begotten son. Let me ask you a question. This Christmas, who are you adding value to? Maybe your son, you haven't seen him in a while. A phone call. A visit may help. Maybe your parents will be so glad if you can just pick up the phone and speak to them. No, having said that, no, not pick up the phone. I, I think you young ones, you should get off your blessed assurance and walk and visit them, knock on their door and say, mom, dad, how are you? This is a gift for you. Not a, not a nonsense nonsensical, ridiculous, less value gift, but something that you make, that cost you something to give to them and say, Merry Christmas. What are you doing to add value? And you will soon be a mother and a father. Let's see what mistakes you make. Because it's easy to throw stones at others. Oh, this is not like a normal message. But it is a message. What are you doing for Christmas? What is the heartbeat of Christmas? It is all about giving. And the first gift you can give to anyone is to give them the gift of value. You know the person you're sitting with has value. Tap them, say, you're sitting with a valuable person. (laughs) Okay, you didn't say that because you don't know them. That's the problem. 
You don't have to know them. Just say to them, the fact that you're sitting beside me, I'm adding value to you. You are adding value to me. The joy of the Lord on the inside of me is coming to you to make you joyous and be a joy of many generations. Look at them. Look at them. I don't want to take from you. I want to give you. By the way, what's your name? It's value. Please. Please. Go away. I may not see many of you. Because many of you will travel. But please, do me one favor. Go away today. And ask yourself. Who can I add value to? Because the heartbeat of Christmas. Is not in taking of gifts. But in giving of gifts. Bow your heads. Let's pray. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba. Pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.